Summer, you want to drop this bowling ball on my abs? Hell yeah, I'm only human. Watch this. Sup, ladies? You ready, Morty? The stream's about to go live. Where are you two going? Morty and I started a podcast we call Fabsolutely Abulous. It's, it's an abcentric hour of fun. Hoping to get Nancy Pelosi on the show next week. Want to drop her on her abs? Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's September 28, 2022, and this is episode 169 of Abs in a Six Pack with John Fletcher and Sir West. We're here, we're queer, get used to it. Abs in a six-pack episode 169. Abs are cool. Way cool. But as above, so below. Know what I'm saying, Rick? Morty, you must be referring to these excellent boxer shorts we got from the good folks at Boxer Lobster. Boxer Lobster boxers feel like they're warm butter on your schwants. And they come in all sorts of styles. Neon, plaid, orange. I even got a pair with that little, uh, uh, the raccoon man from that one movie uh, printed on it. Chewbacca. Do yourself a favor and level up with Boxer Lobster Boxers. You'll be glad you did. Oh, sh**, Rick. They want you to say wubba-lubba-dub-dub at the end. Screw that. We're not whores. Guys, dinner's getting cold. You know what's not getting cold? This hot stack of abjacks, son. Pow, 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 No notes. No notes. I, um... I haven't gone through and got all the ISOs I want, but uh, I, that's what I was working on right before the show. Rick and Morty just did an episode where they had a whole podcast about abs, and I felt like, well, this is the stars aligning for me. Serendipitous. Serendipity, indeed. Word. Fletcher? It's a Sir word. Wes, how you doing? Doing great. Good. Gay for podcasting. Yeah. yeah no, me I too. am. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, we are, um, I, I'm sure we'll, I, I might open up the phone lines. Uh, I can get the number out. I know Noah was wanting oh. to call in and, and talk about uh, ancient cataclysms and the pyramids and stuff. But mm. this is uh, an informal sequel to the episode Fletcher and I did about the Plasma Man and all that stuff. Uh, you can call that a part Squatter two. Man. Squatter Man, that's right. That's right, the Plasma Apocalypse Squatter Man. Uh, it's like if you if you remember that one and you saw the show notes, it's like a dude that looks like he's holding his hands up in the air while he takes a shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, thanks. Thank you guys for hanging out tonight on this fantastic evening. I'm drinking a uh, nice Vic. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking a. Una Parala Vicky Orneda Victoria Special Edition Beer. Nice. I've got some. Uh, what do I got? Maker's Mark. There you Markers go. make. Oh, very good. I do yeah. have. Uh, I have some Double Oak uh, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked uh, Bourbon, but I have not uh, popped that bottle open yet. We'll see where the night goes. I try to stay away from liquor when I'm live. Now, Fletcher, you're from Texas, right? You're in Texas? Yeah. I'm a Texas man. Yeah, so usually on this, uh, when I do something with Sir Seat, Sir, I drink something from Tennessee. But tonight, I am drinking still Austin straight bourbon whiskey. Nice. There you go. It's very delicious. Usually, I do from- balconies. 
but today I decided to steal Austin. I've never had either of those. Drink Balconies first. Still Austin. Awesome, okay. Though. They're in Waco. Ah, good old Waco. Love Place where you commonly mistake, uh, you know, smoke grenades for incendiary grenades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I watched the, and this was probably the only thing that I didn't know prior to seeing the documentary Alex's War. Did any, did either of you see this? Mm-mm. About Alex Jones, no. it was um, it was in. I got invited to the premiere in Nashville, but I know they did they did like four premieres. It was like one was in Toronto, one was in Nashville, one was in New York, and I can't remember the other one was somewhere in California, probably. The Nashville one, I got I had I had tickets even, and I couldn't get off work, but um, it was cool because friend of the show Rob Dew was in there a ton, getting interviewed and doing stuff. Um, I also got the meme out of that. Um, I took a picture in the OBDM Discord, turned that into several memes. That picture of Alex Jones drinking a beer. Bags even redrew it and made a T-shirt of it, which I have, but I'm not wearing right now. Ooh, I have that T-shirt. I bought that T-shirt. The one that says it's all happening and it's Alex yes, Jones. Yes, I love yeah. that. I do so that. I troll my friends with it. It's the <laughs> best thing ever. That's based on the picture I took. Uh, Bags like recreated it so well. But um, love it. Shout out to Bags. Bags, yeah done some of if not the best some of the best art for this show if not the best like that dude is a real yeah. fucking legend um but uh oh god how did i even get onto that oh um <laughs> alex's war alex's war but something made me I, there was a reason I, I brought up alex's war and now i've lost it oh god that's gonna kill me should i wind the tape back Hey there, future post-production Chris coming in real quick. The reason I brought up Alex's War because we're talking about Waco. And I didn't know until I seen that documentary that Alex Jones helped build the Waco, rebuild the Waco church. And uh, I didn't know that until I saw the documentary. So that's why I brought it up. This is April 19, 1998, five years after the murder of children. Under the blistering Texas sun, investigators comb the smoldering remains of the Branch Davidian compound. More than 80 people are believed to have died in yesterday's fiery conclusion to the 51-day siege, 24 of them children. Today, the FBI said it's not responsible for the deaths. We were just reading the Austro-American States. It never talks about the children. It talks about David Koresh being as some sort of cult leader. They wanted to raise the American people's consciousness about cults and out of control organizations of this nature. So they surrounded the place, opened fire with helicopters, and then 51 days later, set it on fire, sent hit teams inside, and murdered the people. You know, like Sheila, she lost her whole family. She lost, I think, four children and her husband. That's Ophelia. The tank ran over her house in the back back there. After just a week of planning, dozens of volunteers from across the state gathered at Mount Carmel to build a church. It's a project that was started by Austin radio talk show host Alex Jones. Who started the project by recruiting people on air. They received directions, head to ground zero. We're going to rebuild it. We're going to build this church back. I've talked to Valley Branch Davidians, and they concur with my idea to have it a church and at the same time a memorial and a museum for what happened right here on this very ground uh, in 1993. 
you were a damn kook if you took up for the Branch Davidians. You know, we got a lot of threats over it. When we were rebuilding it, the Ku Klux Klan come down to Waco. Good morning, we are the American and Alex and I and a bunch of other people went over and bullhorned them. The talk about was, you know, you do it, you're fired. And I said, well, I can't stop finishing this thing. I said I was. So they said, well, we're going to fire you. And they did fire me for that. Okay, back to the podcast. <laughs> No, uh, there was a re there was a reason I brought it up. Uh, it's like, God damn it, whatever. It's a great documentary. I had it had um, I was all leading up to a crescendo that I just completely dropped the ball on. That's okay. Well, I'll say something about it real quick. I watched. Uh, I haven't seen Alex's War, but Grand Theft World just put out a uh, their last episode, which was Sunday. And Grand Theft World is like a six hour long podcast. It's video and audio, and they played. Uh, the opening statements for Alex's new trial. Yeah. Uh, both from the defense and prosecution. And then all of his on the steps of the courthouse um, speeches or talks mm -hmm. or whatever, where he addresses the public and this guy's getting the shaft. They are really coming. It It's very evident. If you don't have a, if you're not biased about either side and you're just trying to think about what it is that they're trying to get out of him, which is blood you can see that even everyone's against him. The judge gave him three options to talk to, to answer on the stand, which it had been death for Alex. And it was yes, no, or I don't know. He couldn't say anything else. He was not so allowed asked, to bring up. I don't know if it's this trial, but the trial last trial I saw, he was not allowed to bring up the fact that he's previously apologized to the parents for the last yeah. for 10 years. He's been apologizing. Yep. And yep. Uh, he was not allowed to bring that up uh, to the jury in front of the jury. No. And the judge does something really weird too, that they kind of pointed out. They, they're training Alex. So she'll say, look at me. And then she'll say, your only answers are yes, no, I don't know. Like a child. It's wild. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily unprecedented, but um, it seems to be the first uh, live broadcasted version of a kangaroo court. I mean, that and the sidebars, you can hear the sidebars. They're mic'd. Which is a really weird thing. They don't usually do that in court. What were we, what were we talking about that made me bring up Alex's war though? And now I'm like pissed off that I can't remember because I, I felt like it was very relevant. Whatever. It's all happening. Bags and t-shirts. Alex's war it was before that. Mm. Whatever. Squatterman. Squatterman. <laughs> Squatterman. We somehow there's a bridge between those two that I just can't <laughs> I can't think of. You right burnt now. that bridge. I did. Gone. Um, Whiskey. Beer. I haven't even opened up the whiskey yet. That's probably a good thing that I haven't, right? But uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> whiskey's right. flammable. You'll burn more bridges. That's <laughs> true. This is true. I'm sure when I uh, when I go back and listen to this later, I'll be like, oh, that was what that was why I brought up Alex's war because it was like <laughs> it was. I had like three things to say about it, and I got to the first two, and I was like, I'll remember the actual point I brought this up as to why. And by the time I got through the first like two intro points, the third point was completely slipped from my mind. But you know that that's how it goes. Uh, but um, I might remember it one day. But until then, um, just to get us into the topic at hand tonight, Fletcher, you wanted to talk about the magnetic magnetic reversal of the 
poles shifting. That's, uh, yeah, that's uh, part of it, you know, because uh, last time we talked about what, uh, like the plasma event that may or may not have been seen by ancient people that they uh, then recorded as uh, pictoglyphs uh, and rocks and such. Mm-hmm. All over the world. That's they why they the gave same. the name of, the yeah. name Squatterman because it, it appeared uh, all over the place here in America, um, in Europe, in Asia, in Australia. Every continent. I mean, yeah, except Antarctica that we know of. That we know of. Because they won't let us into the pyramid there. Well, yeah, they, they it's a no-fly zone, man. You can't go over there. But uh, I, I sent you this text. Um, I think I might have sent both this to both of you, but I know I sent it to at least Fletcher. Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast, Star Talk. Oh, yeah. They're sitting in front of a microphone, and I don't know why, but every single time, it seems like they're using the audio that comes from the video camera, because the microphones sound horrible. I don't even think they're using the microphones. I think they have these microphones in front of them. Either somebody doesn't know what the hell they're doing, or the other option is that just the microphones are there as props, and they still just use the audio from the camera. But... uh Here's about the end of the clip where Neil deGrasse Tyson is talking about the magnetic pole reversal and what that would do. Freezes, quote, freezes into the lava that comes out of volcanoes. It remembers what orientation the pole was at the time it solidified. So you have a whole tracking of the history of where the magnetic pole was. And after this break, you'll find out whether we go extinct or not. You're listening to Star Talk Radio back in a moment. Do you understand what I'm talking about with the audio? Yeah. A lot of a lot of them do that, where they have the microphone clearly on display, but then they're using the camera mic. Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, their AV guys are retards. Apparently, that's what's up with that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Moment. <laughs> In a previous segment, someone asked, "What would happen to life if the Earth's magnetic field changed?" I forgot to say. We have evidence that the magnetic field has gone away many times before. Oh. Because it goes to zero as it flips. Our magnetic field, our magnetic field has flipped okay. several t- many times in the past. Okay. It's flipped. So, okay. okay. So, it's and, happened. And so, when it's flipped, it goes to zero. You can look at the fossil record. While we had zero magnetic field, they would carry on making babies just fine. So, <laughs> whatever is their version of a baby is just fine. It's just fine. So, it does not appear to be as severe as you might think. Okay. The evidence shows. That's good yeah. to know. And that was Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. As you may have heard on one of our previous Battle of the Douchebags, Neil deGrasse Tyson did make it to the semifinals, I believe. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he is quite the douche. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Now, what they failed to mention, and I'm not sure of the exact um, time frame, but it takes time for what he was talking about where the lava... Um, records the position of the magnetic poles so it has to have been in that position for a certain amount of time for the magnetic field to reorient the um, the molecules in the lava and then freeze that way and and so if it's a short magnetic reversal where the poles flip and then immediately flip back that's not going to be recorded in the in the way he's talking about and we we see evidence I- elsewhere like mainly in stars that their their poles can flip quickly. So yeah, I, I I mean I don't know, man. Like the way I look at this shit, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. This is probably you know as they say second half of show type material. But 
I don't. I think like I think this this is all fucking bullshit guesswork. Like I don't think these guys know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, of let me, course it is. Let me play Especially you this. Especially considering that they said the last time this happened was 15 million years ago, which is how 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 that's you know what, how you know. That, that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson said, right? But this is from What If, a verified YouTube account, and it's uh uh just just to give you a hint of where we're going here. This YouTube clip is three minutes and 33 seconds long on the dot. Yeah. What, what if, if south was north and north was south? Whoa! Just like 780,000 years ago. The world did. So now it's 780,000 years ago. <laughs> what if Earth's magnetic poles flipped? What if north was south and south was north? And everybody. We'd have to get all new compasses. Holy shit! What are we gonna do? Didn't come to an end then, but how would it react now that we rely so heavily on technology? Would this electromagnetic disruption kill us all? Would solar radiation make the planet uninhabitable? This is what if, and here's what would happen if Earth's magnetic poles flipped overnight. Wait, didn't we say it already happened before? Huh? Earth's magnetic field has been around for at least 4.2 billion years. Okay, so it's been around for 4.2 billion years. At least. At least. Don't you think... So okay. wait, but the planet's the planet's 4 billion years old is what they say. So for 2 billion years, we didn't have a magnetic field? Is that what they're saying? Well, the planet's 6 billion years old, right? I thought it was 4. Who well, the they, fuck knows? Because that's guessing too. So 4.2 billion... 4.2 billion... The Earth's, the, what they're saying here is Earth's magnetic field has been around for at least 4.2 billion years. So if the Earth's 4 billion years old, that means the magnetic field was there for 200 million years before um, the Earth existed. Hey, you never know. Honestly, you never know. But I just like... When you get to numbers this big... And I'm not a scientist, but it's like... Okay, what? I mean, I could be if I wanted to. Because I'm a genius. I'm a lyrical wordsmith, motherfucking goddamn genius. No, but I, I don't understand. Or not, not, oh, not that I don't 4. understand. 4.54 billion years old. So 4.6 billion years is how uh, how old they think it could be. The Earth or the magnetic field? The, the Earth. So the magnetic field got here at 4.2 billion years ago. It's just kind of, it's like once you get to numbers like that, it's like a bunch of people that, like science didn't even exist a thousand years ago, or at least according to the like history, you know, or, or at least science as we think of it didn't exist. So it's like, why do you, how do you guys know what was happening back then? Because you looked at some tree rings and shit and carbon dating we know is bullshit. It's like, I don't buy, I, I don't mean to get off in this tangent, but I just don't like, I don't trust the fucking, I don't trust the science. I'll say it. I don't trust the science on this stuff. But that's okay. Uh, well, I'll continue with this. All right, Rand Paul. It, <laughs> it acts as a giant com. shield to protect our planet from being burned by cosmic radiation. The field's north and south poles used to switch places every 200,000 to 300,000 years. But the current poles have been holding steady for the past 780 millennia. Okay. Well, that's not really true. The field's north and south poles used to switch places every 200 to 3,000 years. So let's just take that as fact, right? Okay. Well, okay, sure. They used to switch every 200 to 3,000, uh, every 200 to 300,000 years, the North and South Poles used to switch. But then, now they're saying where it's been um, over 750,000 years since it's happened again. Now, first of all, if this is all true, why are we so long overdue for it? Well, more than that, do the math. 
if it's four and a half million billion years ago and every 200,000 years to 300,000 years, why now is it 750,000 years if it was on a regular interval? And I know that's the question that you just asked. Exactly. But yeah, I'm thinking like, okay, so we have this bullshit. And I think it's bullshit every two to 300,000 years. Cause we time travel and we know, or maybe they do know, maybe they know because of the documents that they have from ancient civilizations that we do not have like the squatting man. And they, uh, that's another thing. Yeah, they have, have the doc. Like, I mean, yeah, uh, they're right there. They're in my hand. Squat, ahead, you, Fletcher, squat, I want to hear that. Squatting man. Who's taking a squat? <laughs> you said something about the squatting man. I was waiting to hear it. Oh, no. Uh, he did. I thought it, that it was um, the documents such as the, the squatter man. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, and, and that, that's what I was waiting for you to chime in about is is that if they have this information, they might have this information. They just don't tell us. Well, I think they, they definitely have information they don't let us know about. And I think that's part of why there's so many inconsistencies with uh, what the uh, the keepers of all this knowledge, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, all those types. That's why they, they're inconsistent in their message is they're they're just concentrating on holding back and they lose track of their uh, bullshit. And so then they, they offer up these inconsistencies. And that one guy had said that the polls have remained um, in place. Well, they haven't really like the, the North and South magnetic pole are, are wandering. That's a good word for it. Yep. Like the magnetic South pole uh, isn't even on Antarctica anymore. Now it's out in the ocean. And um, the magnetic North Pole is in Siberia now, and it's it's moving at an exponential rate. So as the years go on, it moves faster and faster. And they are, um, if they continue their current trajectory, both the North and South Pole are heading to a point in the Indian Ocean. Uh, what happens when the, they meet? It's a good question. What do you? Think- there is on the oh. exact opposite side of the Earth. Uh, from that point in the Indian Ocean, there's a, a a magnetic anomaly off the coast of South America, just exactly the straight through triangle? the planet from that point in uh, the Indian Ocean. Is it the and so, triangle? no, 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 no. It's uh, South America. Uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, you can, you could search for um, uh, what what was that? South Atlantic magnetic anomaly, Ooh. or Southern Atlantic, like whichever way. <laughs> thousand to three hundred thousand years but the current poles have been holding steady for the past 780 millennia if the poles suddenly reversed should we be ready for a geomagnetic apocalypse yes spoiler alert humanity wouldn't die out but no. the world as we know it would you don't fucking know <laughs> flipping that. the poles wouldn't make the geomagnetic field disappear but it would strip away at least 10 percent of its current force Everything on Earth would be exposed to higher levels of radiation. But wouldn't we still have the atmosphere to protect us? Well, we would. Mm. But with a weak magnetic field, flaming hot particles from the sun would slam into our ozone layer and puncture it. Extra ultraviolet radiation would damage human tissue and cause mutations. Skin cancer could become as common as the flu. Would our technology be in danger? Absolutely. Absolutely. Solar particles would rip through sensitive electronics of orbital satellites, Absolutely. damaging them heavily. For the U.S. economy alone, a single big solar storm would cost as much as $42 billion per day. Eventually, all communication systems would fail. 
as would the electrical grids that rely on satellite timing systems. These grids are all tightly connected to each other. If even one of them was critically damaged, the others would fail too. This would cause a domino run of blackouts around the world. Blackouts that could last for decades. Rapid magnetic pole reversal would throw us back three centuries in terms of electronics. You wouldn't be able to charge your phone or use your computer. Even your flush Whoa. toilet would be useless. It would quickly get backed up since... Okay, does this, is this tracking with anybody? This seems like bullshit to me. It is. And you can tell because of the music and the way he's talking about all of this. You wouldn't, not only would you not be able to charge your phone, you wouldn't be able to flush your toilet. <laughs> I mean, and what he said about, well, oh, you know, the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, what, what does he think is holding the atmosphere in place? God. Other than the magnetic field. Because, I mean, uh, Mars doesn't have a magnetic field, not much of one anyway. And guess what? It doesn't have an atmosphere either. Could the two be related? I'm going to say yes. A Na NASA calls the South Atlantic anomaly a pothole in space. Yeah, because they're smoking too much pot over there at NASA. And they're all assholes. Which, I mean, for me, there's no such thing as too much pot. But for NASA, there definitely is. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll finish this out here. Most sewers use your computer. Even your flush toilet would be useless. It would quickly get backed up since most sewer systems rely on electricity to move waste. On top of that, high UV exposure could make some parts of the planet uninhabitable. And what about animals? Would the polar flip affect them at all? Some of them for sure. Along with many other species, migratory birds, turtles, whales, bees, and salmon use magnetoreception to navigate. If north turned to south, they'd be quite confused. However, since many of these species were around for the last pole flip, it's possible they'd figure it out. The truth is, the power of our geomagnetic field has been getting weaker for the last 160 years. Are we moving towards a reversal? Scientists believe we could be less than a thousand years away from one. The poles wouldn't flip overnight, but as they move, Earth's magnetic field could be compromised for centuries. The cool thing about it all, you'd be able to see incredible auroras at much lower latitudes. You might choose to go to Tahiti rather than Iceland to see these epic nighttime skies. I don't understand. And I, I know I've already said this, but just to reiterate, I don't understand how they say the Earth's magnetic pole used to ship, shift every 200 to 300,000 years. It always did that. And then it's like, but it hasn't happened in 750,000 years. Like, okay, if, can we get an explanation on why that is, please? More than likely, it's just the way they date things. So the further back we go, the more they have to estimate and round up or down. And then the yeah. closer to current time we get, the more accurate readings we can get. So they just guessed for a long time. And then they're like, oh, wait, we got some accurate readings here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole thing is. He said it's been shifting for about 160 years. Guess what happened about 160 years ago? It was called uh, the Carrington event. Ooh. And it was a humongous um, coronal mass ejection. 1859. And solar flare. Yeah. History's greatest. Of course, we had no way storm. to measure it back then, but uh, it set sure. telegraph wires on fire. It induced electrical current to where operators of the telegraphs could disconnect the battery and still send a mm -hmm. signal and receive signal. Oh, wow. I mean, they saw it with rinky dink telescopes and uh, a hole punched in a box so you could see the light. Um, in the back of the box through the pinhole. Oh, yeah, um, pinhole. Mm -hmm. That's how they fucking found it.
this guy Carrington. But yeah. uh, it fucked all sorts of shit up. And it's a good thing we didn't really have much electricity going on or it would have uh, been even worse as far as fires and things like that. And so I think that that's part today, of the info my that they burst into flames. Is that well, I think that's part of the info they try and keep uh, to themselves is that everything's electrified yeah. and we know the sun can induce electrical current into our, into the earth's um, electric circuit. You can think of it that way. Cause we're a giant magnet. Uh, and if everything's wired to the grid, I mean, your house is full of wires and all that. If it's a, inducing electrical current, everything's going to short out to find ground. And uh, I don't know if you've seen high voltage uh, things short out, but they tend to catch fire, especially when they're uh, surrounded by flammable things like wood. So uh, like a house. <laughs> wood. wood. Fletcher, I, I got to ask you a question. There's this guy on YouTube named John Levi and uh, he put together like cathedral, like the tops of cathedrals are like cathodes. So if you think of batteries and that a lot of, and the reason why we call a lot of bases, uh, military bases batteries is because they were, their purpose was they were power. Um, mm. And that the cathodes like on cathedrals are on the, you mean like star forts and, like and that. that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But he goes to places where, he shows like these brick ovens that are quote unquote brick ovens, but they're these brick arches that go on for miles and miles and miles, just like a battery. There's a positive and negative in that each one of the, the arches of the brick is on a positive negative battery to the earth. And then when he goes inside these bricks, he notices that they're melted. The brick is melted inside, like as if there was some current that was going through them at one point in time and it melted the brick all around it i just thought that was fascinating because what you're saying is kind of seems like a piece of the puzzle to what he's saying because he doesn't understand why the brick would melt this way it's like dripping melting not like and it's not even blackened it's just melted red brick mm. wow i've uh i've seen things like that um when uh when they talk about um you know the the pyramids and such in uh ancient egypt how they have these these stone tunnels made from either limestone or granite. Mm. A lot of them are polished granite or polished limestone. But the the archaeologist will say, well, this was this was for sewage. And it doesn't make sense because, A, they've never found any evidence of, of sewage flowing through them. But why would you mm. polish the insides of a, a, a stone sewer tunnel? Mm. You really wouldn't. But yeah. they often have a uh, 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 what's the term where stone melts like that? Uh, vitrified. Okay. They find uh, vitrified stone all over Egypt. And they're like, nah, this is just the way uh, granite erodes over time, which is true. It can, yeah. You've got imperfections in the stone that let in water, but it's uh, it doesn't really melt like the way they show some of these things. And uh, I've seen stuff like what you're saying. Uh, because there's tunnels all over Europe that connect all yeah. the way down to the Middle East, like to Turkey. What wild. the fuck? It's like, it is wild. And yeah, uh, I have a feeling there's a lot, uh, a lot of that sort of thing that kind of shows us like how they, how they used power back then. Cause we often wonder like for, in Egypt and these other places in South America, how did they see 
inside these stone structures on the inside where a lot of them yeah. don't have soot marks from torches or anything like that. Yep. Were they working Ether. in the dark? What you say? Yeah, Ether? getting 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 electricity from the air, getting it uh and and there being a conduction from um isn't it ether? I know ether we think Oh yeah, of, yeah. Look, uh, look you're talking about zero point energy. Um yeah, yeah. and the Casimir effect. But you don't even need that. We live on a magnet. We live on a huge magnet. That's true. That orbits an even bigger magnet. And so magnets, the, how do would, they work, man? Insane composting kind of was right. Would you believe that, that it's a lost technology to humans that we no longer or either it's being suppressed or is uh you know, for money purposes. I mean, I know the oligarchy, you know, came in and killed the electric car a long, long time ago. There was like, we had electric cars. They had like a 30 mile range. Yeah, they were the first cars. And then they were like, nah, yeah. let's do this combustion bullshit. We got all this crude oil we don't know what to do with. I've got the power! Unlimited power! <laughs> I, well... I think that it was uh, a lost technology, and I don't know if anybody has the secrets to it or not. We we would never know. Uh, they keep yeah. such a tight wrap on it, but I think it was clearly it was it was biodegradable. Once it stopped functioning, it just went back to the earth because there's no evidence of it. We don't find wires. We don't find switches. Um, uh, I'm almost inclined to think that the hieroglyphs that we find. Because there are two types. There's the really deep relief hieroglyphs that are sh still sharp to this day. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and then there's ones that are just etched barely in the surface, which look like copycat hieroglyphs because they're not, their lines aren't that neat. And you could tell they just scratched them in with some shitty tools. But the ones that are deep, and we find a lot of the obelisks and statues and stuff, those could have been part of the... The technology you could think of it um you know like those things you used to get when you were a kid that had all the pins in it on a rectangle and you like put your hand in there and it would show yeah. your hand pressed up to yep. the little yeah so like that but it's an electronic switch you like press this thing into the hieroglyphs and depending on where you have it it switches things on or off uh like a, a movable board sort of thing but all that's gone the only stuff we have left is is the stone gone or taken away or as some at some point like uh wars or certain people uh through wars have destroyed that technology so that we can't find it anymore or, or they didn't know what it anymore. was when they found it and that's uh, true too but I, i'm inclined to think that it was more biodegradable is the only term i can think of for it interesting where um because they they knew how to utilize the power of the earth we see that because of where the structures are on ley lines and uh points of actual earth energy is where most of these places are and yep. so they knew about that and they knew about the magnetic field and everything and i i'm also inclined to believe that all these structures are much older than they tell us and that I the people that. that we attribute them to just found them and moved in and started scratching their names on things oh this is mine ramses i did it this is mine now Rogan had a great bit about that back in the day, like one of his early, early stand-up specials. Uh, it was prior, like around the first, that when he first started doing Fear Factory, he had the special, and he was talking about, um, uh, like, just 
a mass extinction. I can't I can't do the bit justice because I don't remember the details. But the premise was basically there was a mass extinction event, and uh, the dumb people outbred the smart people. I think this was pre idiocracy. Even it's like the dumb people outfucked the smart people, and all the dumb people just found all these old ancient structures and just moved in and start right like drawing and shit on them. So like the his idea was yeah. the the hieroglyphs aren't really even like made by the people that made the pyramids. They just came in like the did the equivalent of graffiti. I think so. And they attributed their own meaning meanings to them. Yeah. And and everything like that. And uh when you when you look at the structures especially the the great pyramid, you know, the big one. Uh with the king and the queen chamber and how especially inside the king's chamber it looks like there was an explosion in there. The granite is darkened and vitrified. Uh, the whole south side of the fucking pyramid slopes and droops and uh, has caused all sorts of problems. But the the casing inside that room, the granite casing they used, has looked like it's been shifted outward and then settled back. So what the fuck happened there? They're, they never found a lid in there uh, to that quote sarcophagus and yeah somebody in the past might have taken it it might have had something inscribed on it that they wanted to take out of there or it was completely destroyed and whatever explosion fucked up that room and fucked up the whole pyramid Mm -hmm. and uh there's other evidence in this uh old egyptian city called tanis where the giant stone statues there's one that was well over a hundred feet tall uh, it just got obliterated and blown apart. And they try saying, well, that was uh, that ancient weapon of Greek fire that did all that. And they just set these fires and like tended to them and let them burn for a really long time till they could break the stone. Yeah. Okay. That's what an invading army that's trying to kill people quick is going to do. Like, hold up, guys. Well, let's uh, set some fires here and wait till we can break apart this entire town. Yeah. But it looks like it was blown apart because. There's, they know that the ancient Egyptians knew about it and were there, but there's no evidence they they tried moving stuff because a lot of these blocks are still multiple tons. It's like they found it and they're like, "Holy shit, what happened here?" Oh, I don't know. Uh, let's just leave because then it was it buried back by sand again. Yeah. What do you think of the ancient like Hindu texts that date back six to eight thousand years, where they talk about those giant like cities in the sky, like Gulliver's Travels type shit, where it was like massive spaceships the size of cities, and they had like space wars, and there's nuclear, um, uh, what you would find from nuclear blasts underneath the soil dating back thousands of years in Asia and stuff. Like, how much of that do you write off, and how much of that is like, oh, maybe there was like literal space wars going on, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 years ago? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to uh, just uh, blow off anything like that because there very well could have been. There's, there's no way of knowing. Um, I know for a fact that in ancient Egypt, they or ancient India, they had technology we don't have now. There's all these temples there, where their pillars, pillars that hold up the the roofs of the temples, the stone has clearly been turned on a lathe, but. We don't even do that kind of shit nowadays, but they did it back then. There's a guy on YouTube I follow called uh, uh, Praveen Mohan, 
and he has some great videos that that show all these things that most people never talk about. They talk about uh, the big temples in in Cambodia and the other like major ones in India. Um, but he goes to all sorts of them and uh, investigates all these things. He's like, "How the hell did they do this?" And he does kind of get into aliens and and whatnot. Um, but I like just seeing it, and he does present evidence, and you can you can see that these stone pillars were turned on a lathe. You can even see the tool marks. So who who knows? I uh, it's it's two ways about it. Either there were actual spaceships in the sky, um, shooting laser beams, or the people were seeing um natural cosmic events and just came up with that way to describe them. Wow. Yeah. Wow, indeed. <clears throat> Yeah, dude. Yeah, Fauci was there. That's probably what he would have said. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. I don't know. I I think um, I don't. I love. I love all the uh, like we talked about last time, Fletcher. I love all the Randall Carlson, Graham Hancock, ancient civilizations, Atlantis type shit. I like that Plato's date that he gives coincides with the what was it when the younger Dryas ended, Ice Age ended, Mm -hmm. and then the and like basically everything just completely floods we're overdue for an ice age i love all the history around us because it does seem to indicate and and just like the fact alone that they built pyramids on six different continents just all aligned to the north star with the same type of emblems engraved also just tell you like there was something going on back then um well no most of it's not the north star it's like the the Geographic north, so because like the North Star, right? Like, not North Star, but uh, like yeah, the North, north. The, the geographic North Pole points to it now, but it hasn't always. But right, they they knew where geographic North was, regardless, which is which is even crazier. But they also knew about um, longitude, east and west, which is harder to figure out. You can figure out north and south relatively easy because of the sun, but east and west is a totally different thing but they they knew about that with precision as well and the nazca lines where that shit ha- can only be viewed from the sky and they're trying to say well they they just made this for the gods their imaginary gods yeah okay then they they more than likely wouldn't have made them with such uh accuracy you know the picture would have looked a little fucked up because they can only see it from the ground i don't know so I know, like some some shit must have happened in the past that damaged a lot of these structures because it's not just Egypt where there's a lot of damage to these things. It's also in in Peru and Bolivia. I don't know much about the stuff in China because they keep a a really good wraps a wrap on that sort of thing, and they bury their pyramids in the ground and cover them in grass. Yeah, why do they do that? They don't want to see them with uh, Google satellites. So China, okay, China, China. China. China? I mean, China. I just want to be clear, though. Fuck ancient Egypt. Fuck cats, too. I, I mean... Uh, yeah, I I have no real idea of what actually was going on with ancient Egypt and all these ancient pyramids, but I love the work that people like Robert Schock and John Anthony West and all these guys were mm-hmm. doing. Where they, I mean, and I'm not an expert enough to know for sure, but it seems to me that they have definitively proved that these structures because of the rain damage and all that are are tens of thousands of years older than what we are taught in school 
Yeah. Yeah. That that seems evident to me. Uh, and geologists that, that find these structures like in Africa, <clears throat> in the Sahara, <clears throat> excuse me, where uh, it looks like giant lightning strikes in the desert, but where the bolt of lightning was half a mile to a mile wide. Because yeah. once we started experimenting with plasma in the labs and these, these small scale things, they naturally went, well, what happens when uh, this high energy plasma hits dirt? And we started seeing things melt and make these cool crater shapes. And then somebody is just looking at satellite pictures going, hey, wait, this place in Africa looks like this thing we did the other day in the plasma lab. Uh, like that uh, Rashat structure, however you say it, that's uh, in Africa, like Western Africa, Northwest somewhere. It's also uh, kind of crazy that the guy that was breaking down and uh, pioneered the discovery of the lightning storms that turned that sand into glass and are just like, you know, month-long lightning storms all over the earth Ex extreme electrical storms the guy's name mm -hmm. was robert shock it's a little, <laughs> yeah. a little too on the nose when i think we talked about it last time with um uh, or maybe i didn't get to it but with mars there was um there's evidence there that a lot of the craters weren't formed by the impact of a uh, of a cosmic body like an asteroid but through uh plasma strikes plasma discharge because of the way there there's like channels and things that we we call riverbeds that they're trying to say is water evidence on Mars but it was actually grooves carved out by plasma discharge like uh like how people do it with wood nowadays you see the what's that called the um, uh it's like a german name uh i keep wanting it to say lycanthrope and that's a fucking werewolf um lichtenberg i think Wiener schnitzel <laughs> the uh the stroop waffle no um i think it is lichtenberg uh where you can carve stuff out of wood with uh electricity and so they they see large scale uh evidence of this on mars because of the way it gouges it out but it doesn't fling the material out into space it deposits it on the edge of the groove uh just like it does with the wood uh or anything else we also do it with metal and it does the same thing. It turns the metal into these tiny little spheres and deposits them on the edge of the groove. And it can gouge out uh, craters. It can gouge out uh, circles, concentric circles, as it moves around. And they see all this on Mars. And I think that's, that's why they try and distract us with all sorts of other bullshit about Mars. Um, you know, Elon wants to go there and... Uh, we can live there and have a colony and blah, blah, blah. No fucking thanks. <laughs> it's got no magnetic field, no protection whatsoever from the sun. I love Elon's so, plan where he's like, we're just going to we're gonna detonate nukes on both hemispheres of Mars to make it habitable and create an atmosphere. It's like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about all yeah, that. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, what he's talking about. And you could just, uh, uh, you know, put these gases up into the air and uh, just continually... Uh, pump them out into the air because of course it's got no magnetic field to keep them there no 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 if if he was going to do anything extravagant then he needs to figure out how to uh restart the magnetic field and just do it that way if he's got such lofty goals i did like the south park episode where elon musk i think was a guest on there and they were inhabiting mars but it was like they flash forward into the future and the women run 
the colony on Mars and men are only used to produce semen and write jokes because those are the two things women can't do. So they, <laughs> so they like, have a bunch of dudes like with typewriters in front of them and like dick pumps, like just pumping semen and, and writing jokes and all the men are enslaved to like write the jokes for the society and, and get jerked off to produce semen while the women rule. The men have to be underground on Mars base in Elon Musk's uh, society. We did, we were talking about Mars. I feel like this is a, like, I, I'm out of clips, so this is the best I can do. Man, you guys ain't had no waffles like these. These waffles are so good. They like they come from down south. These buttery motherfuckers are melting your mouth, man. You ain't had no Wait! Go on, what did you just say? You said melt in your mouth. Quick! What else melts in your mouth? Eminem! Uh, exactly. <laughs> and not in your hands. And who makes Eminem's? The white man. Yo, dig, dig. Mars Candy Company make it. Yes, right. Those white men. Mars is also the Roman god of war. That's what I'm talking about. Who is the Greek god of war? Aries. Now, you take Mars and spell it backwards. Drop the S. What's uh, Ram. <gasps> That's right. And Ram is the zodiacal sign for Aries. Right. Oh, uh -huh. now dig. Right. Aries' half sister is Athena. Now you get that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Athena, Athens, which is the capital of Greece. And as we all know, zodiacal astronomy was created by the Greeks in 785 BC. And 785 is the area code of Topeka. Oh my God. 785 is the area code to Topeka, Kansas. Oh, Kansas. Kansas. Take that. Spell it backwards. Drop the S. Snake. Snake. Snake doctor. Snake. Snake doctor. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And brothers, who is the Greek demigod of medicine? who believed that snakes' tongues had mystical healing powers. Asclepius, of course. He had a staff with snakes intertwining all around that bitch. They call it Asclepius' staff. It's a symbol the medical field uses to this day. I've seen it. Now, what legend involving snakes is in both Greek and Roman mythology? Come on. It involves Asclepius' own father. Apollo. Yeah, thanks, lady. That's right. Yeah. Apollo slew the serpent at Delphi, mm -hmm. which was a big-ass snake. That's right. And what, brothers, is the biggest snake in the world? The South American anaconda. What she said? Anaconda malt liquor. And what is the slogan for anaconda malt liquor? Anaconda malt liquor gives you... Woo! Gives you what? Who else is famous for? <laughs> Little Richard! Who? Little, Little Richard. Richard! So, what they really saying is, Anaconda malt liquor gives you Little Richard. What is another word for Richard? Anaconda malt liquor gives you Little Dick. That is Santa Cana. Don't want none if it ain't got buns, son. <laughs> You've seen that movie, right? Black Dynamite. 
No. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh shit! You. They made a whole Adult Swim show about it, but like it was, it was like a parody of black exploitation film, and like that whole oh, thing okay. was like they were, they were the um the liquor company, the malt liquor Anaconda Malt Liquor was actually a uh, ploy to make black men's penises shrink, and they like have to go like you'd have to see the movie, but yeah, Anaconda Malt. But that's um it all starts with realizing that. The person that makes M and M's is Mars Candy Company. That's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah. Oh, Except geez. we come to the conclusion they're fucking lying to us about everything. Well, they always are, yeah. and they always will, and they always have, and they always do. And that's that's why they leave out the sun when they talk about climate change and or global warming. Yeah, they don't factor in the sun. They refuse to. They refuse to. And in their in their readings, uh, when they when they talk about how how much the earth has uh, warmed up or has heated up or anything if we get an influx of energy from the sun through a solar flare or a coronal mass ejection instead of register registering the the amount of energy on the chart like they do with uh like the amount of co2 and uh, everything else we pump into the air instead of uh, giving it a numerical value it's registered as zero Hmm. Yeah, because they can't figure it out. They they can't calculate it. So they're like, ah, just mark it zero, dude, over the line. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's uh, we, last show and the obvious conclusion that you can't tax the sun. Well, you can if you tax other people. You can, you but can't it won't tax, listen. Yeah, but you can tax people for like being in the sun. I could see them doing that or using the sun. Oh yeah, yeah. if if oh, solar yeah, you, energy yeah. actually worked well enough, they'd tax you for that. Oh yeah, no, and it never will. They won't. They won't let it. Even if we try and develop it, it, it never will work well enough. But no, I, I also think they know that periodically, uh, uh, like cyclically, that the sun blows the fuck up and uh, fucks all short sorts of shit up on a on a regular basis. I think that's uh, that's why they never talked about going back to the moon for such a long time because of oh, let's go what they found trail. on the moon. Well, I mean, they, it's wild the to surface me of the moon was, we was covered the moon, with uh, glass beads. Like every other year. Indians. And then all of a sudden. <laughs> well, we, we only did it while Nixon there. was president. Let's be honest. There was yeah, no but, you know, we, we could take 1950s technology and, you know, we could build a little rickshaw and, and shoot that fucker up into the sky. And all of a sudden we're on the moon. But now in 2022, it's like, hey, guys, uh. You know, we we're having a hard time figuring out how to go to the fucking moon again. So uh, we got to get all these companies invested in figuring out how to make a spaceship to go to the moon. Oh, yeah. Like them citing the main problem this. of the uh, the Van Allen belts, even though we blazed uh, through yeah. those things. The no t- problem before the Tim Allen belts. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, but yeah, you were saying the Tim, the Tim Allen belts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we went through them no problem in a tin can with uh barely any shielding. Um we're supposedly out in space all the time, uh the astronauts in their spacesuits. What kind of shielding besides on the visor is there for the spacesuit? Mm. But they're just out there. Yep. No problem. Just spacewalking. Yeah. And ain't no thing. No, no problem. No problem. No, I, th- yeah, I think when we cameras, Hasselbeck camera, 
you know, I mean, they have a, a Hasselblad camera, have film, and they're going to go through all of the solar energy in order to get to the moon, but they're going to take fantastic photos and video with these Hasselblad cameras on the moon. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, you know the wall of the, the lander wasn't lined with lead plates or else no. it would have never been able to take off from the Earth. Exactly, yep. Did you know NASA lent uh, Kubrick one of their like specific special cameras to do one of his films? Oh, yeah, I'm not Which surprised one? there. Uh, I have the, the clip. little kid wears the Apollo 11 sweater. We found <laughs> this might be it. Uh, the yeah. shinning. I don't know. I, this is these are all these are going back to when I had Metis on for episode 50 when we did the moon landing. Mm. But I remember have I remember something. Let's see. In six days, God created the heavens and the earth. On the seventh day, Stanley Kubrick sent everything back for modifications. So wrote a critic. One year after the death of the famous director, who now rests in peace in the garden of his home just outside London, his How do wife you know Christian and Jan Harlan, his production manager and Christian's brother, spoke to us about the filming of Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon, that was the name. Stanley was very much mm -hmm. trying to photograph Barry Lyndon so that the atmosphere of the 18th century should be retained on the screen. He loved those paintings from the period, uh, and um, he didn't know exactly how to do it. There is no camera built for this. So he was looking desperately oh. for faster lenses to shoot a scene at candlelight. He contacted as many people as possible whenever he needed to know something. And then he hit, it because of an article in a, in, uh, in a science magazine, on this Zeiss lens, it turned out that NASA was the original customer of Zeiss. And Stanley then said, well, let me speak to them and see whether we could test it. Let, let me worry about that. And um, it finally worked. For 25 years, critics have been asking one question about the stunning visuals of Barry Lyndon. Why did NASA's top officials and Werner von Braun, the father of space conquest, agree to lend Stanley Kubrick this famous camera and its legendary lens, the only one of its kind in the world? This unique lens had been a jealously guarded secret since its conception. Worth millions of dollars, it was the only lens capable of filming spy satellites in pitch darkness. On January the 1st, 2001, Christian Kubrick began looking through the late director's archives. There, buried under a mountain of documents, she discovered a file bearing the White House logo and stamped, Top Secret. In it was the answer to that question. Yeah. This is from a documentary about Kubrick. Uh, did he fake the moon landing? I don't know. I tend to, not, I tend to think no, but it is an interesting anecdote that he got that camera. Hmm. Um Oh, I got, I, got, idea. I got a bunch of moon stuff, man. I got a whole bunch well, of moon Well, there's this, uh, this channel I follow on YouTube. Um, just because I like old shit. It's called Periscope Film. And I'll, uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll post it in, uh, the abs in a six pack chat. So you can see their, their list of uploaded videos. They've yes. recently, in the past day or two, shared all these, uh, NASA test reels of uh testing all testing. sorts of things in the water mm -hmm. uh testing stuff out on the land and it'll even say like we don't know what nasa was testing for with <laughs> this footage um and they're they're without sound so they they've added music but 
the NASA Apollo program lunar topographical video there has uh has got footage where it's it's almost like they're trying to figure out how to fake it. So yep. I have a connection to all that. My wife's uncle worked for Boeing and NASA in the 60s and he created uh the float tank for them to uh train in suspension apparently is which was a pool mm-hmm. uh, that they would put in the astronaut suits and and they still do uh, that to this day that's why you see bubbles uh with yep. astronauts doing spacewalks they're still underwater <laughs> acting like they're out in outer space but What's interesting is that he also helped develop the instrument panel for a lot of Apollo missions, is what he claimed. And then he gave me a manila folder to borrow full of moon photos. Uh, and I ooh. went I went through them and they're not they're never before seen because he got them from NASA themselves as part of working for it. And I bet um he has passed away since. Do you still have uh, access but, to those photos? Uh, yeah, I, I can get those photos from her. Uh, wow. Watch me off air. But I look through them all. I mean, they're unremarkable. I mean, they just look like hmm. every moon photo you've ever seen, which is just a, you know, so a fake. Which fake. side of the moon were they taken of? The the near side? The said. Probably the it's, side it's, facing us because yeah. they didn't want to be without dark. radio contact. But at the time, uh, so... <laughs> I've been with my wife since I I was 15. Um, I was a child bride. Don't judge. And was it an arranged marriage? I mean, maybe, but I don't want to talk <laughs> about it. And uh, so I this was years ago. So before even my brain even started thinking about like questioning things, just like oh yeah, that's me. Um, I would love to get those photos again. I wonder. I I bet I'd love to go get them. If I got them, I would post them. Oh yeah. That's, that's pretty absolutely cool. Absolutely incredible. I wish I knew. I wish Abs. I had enough. I wish I knew at the time to think about asking questions like, "What camera was this on? Um, like, how did they get these photos?" But I was, I was young. I didn't know. I didn't know anymore. How did they get these uh, photos? And the well, I do think by. that we've uh, that we've been to the moon. I, I just don't think they they tell us everything. I don't think Bullshit! what we saw. I don't think what they show us, they don't show us uh, what's what's going on. That's why I think they got Stanley Kubrick to to film it the way he did, to show us what they wanted us to see. Meanwhile, they're doing other shit on the moon they don't want us to see. Uh, because, well, of the Van Allen belts. I think if we did actually go up there, yeah. it was a one-way trip for whoever was going. So... We got Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and the other guy to just orbit the Earth for a little while and then crash land back. Meanwhile, the real people that went there and and collected samples and shit, uh, it was a one-way trip for them, and they're probably dead on the moon in in whatever uh, Mm. capsule or something. But then they sent it back, you know, through the uh, that orbital vehicle or whatever it was. Just send it back here. And maybe they even sent their dead bodies back here. Who knows? I mean, do you but, realize that even even just two months ago, NASA was talking about how China is taking over the moon? That they yeah. that they basically China? have a base trainer. That they have a base there, that what they have a monopoly there. China? <laughs> wow. Sorry, that, dude, China does wow. have China that was, good. Had, that was a deep cut. You used to be cool, China. Uh, oh, yeah. What happened to you, China? You used to be cool. 
I mean, when you were in Taiwan. I don't know. Like, it depends how China's been to the it. dark side of the moon. Oh, how you doing, Nick? And they have Nick here. <laughs> well, the <laughs> that's why I wanted to know, like, which which side of the moon those pictures are from, because the the back side of the moon mm. is completely different than the face that we see. Uh, it's even made of a different material. What's it like made a different of? type of rock. I mean, it's still it's still rock, but it's not covered in like what they call the seas or the lakes or whatever that you see that make up the face of the the moon, like the the man on the moon face. There's none of yeah. that on the backside. It's just uniform mm-hmm. and pock pockmarked like uh, Bill Clinton's face. Reporting to murder on yeah. abs, six abs. And a, oh wait, hold on. That's like uh, um that crystal that uh, China claims they found on the moon that could be a new potential source of energy. China? Oh, yeah. And that, that was on mainstream news. Yeah. Like, they talked about it for, like, a minute. And I was sitting there, and I remember seeing it, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, what are we talking about? I agree here? with Adam and John. I think that seems like a bullshit story, but I don't know. Do you think so? It, it could be. It could be. I mean, I mean, I don't there's know. No, there's so many questions. I don't either. <laughs> It's like, oh, we went to the moon in 69, but we just now found a new mineral that's all over the underneath the surface. It's like, okay, full, yeah, bullshit. If we went to the moon back then, y'all fucking found that shit a while ago, and you're just now announcing it is my take on it. But uh, but their course, answer to why we haven't been to the moon is because we lost, we lost the technology. We forgot how to do it. I mean, there's never a good answer as to why we haven't continued Oh, here we go. To go to the As we get further away from Earth, we'll pass through the... This is an official NASA video here. As we get further away from Earth, we'll pass through the Propaganda. Van Allen belts, an area of dangerous, dangerous. Radiation. radiation. Radiation like this could harm the guidance systems, onboard computers, or other electronics on Orion. But Orion has protection. Shielding will be put to the test as the vehicle cuts through the waves of radiation. Sensors aboard will record radiation levels for scientists to study. We must solve these challenges before we send people through this region of space. But we're also really pushing the boundaries in terms of where we're going forward with exploration. I think uh, humans are naturally driven to do this. And this is really the beginning, I think, of human beings leaving low Earth orbit. I certainly plan on being around to see that. Uh, The plan that NASA has is to build a rocket called SLS, which is a heavy lift rocket. It's something that is that is much bigger than what we have today, and it will be able to launch the Orion capsule with humans on board, as well as uh, landers or other uh, components to, be, to destinations beyond Earth orbit. Right now, we only can fly in Earth orbit. That's the farthest that we can go. And we only can fly in Earth orbit. That's the farthest that we can go. And this new system that we're building is going to allow us to go beyond and hopefully take humans into the solar system to explore. So the moon, Mars, asteroids, there's a lot of destinations that we could go to, and we're building these building block components in order to allow us to do that eventually. I'd go to the moon in a nanosecond. Uh, the problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to, what? but we uh, destroyed that technology, and what? it's a painful process to build it back again. That last guy talking was Don Pettit. NASA, one of the top <laughs> NASA astronauts. Oh, we, you know, we used we to be able to get to the moon, it. but we destroyed the technology, and it's a painful process to put yeah. it back. Ah, yeah, blah, blah. Fuck these motherfuckers, dude. What the fuck? Oh, what they're is- lying to us. Is that not an obvious lie? That's a lie. I mean, well, I mean, they did purposefully erase the tapes of the moon landing. 
Oh man. Okay, so that episode I did with Deborah Adam from Deborah gets red pilled and and Metis. Uh, we were the one where we prank called some planetariums. Like the <laughs> clips I brought of Neil deGrasse Tyson and and Bill Nye. They both. This is their one go to answer, and they didn't really have anything else to say other than we know we went to the moon because there was tons of paperwork and blueprints. And it would be really difficult to fake all that paperwork and just to print all that. Think about the amount of time it would take to print all that paperwork. Think of the paper. Yeah, the paper. That's a printer go brrr. Like, that is the most fucking insane logic I've ever heard. It's like, oh my God, people can't just print things. I think Midas made the point where he was like, uh, there are, like, he said he has, like, books and books of fake weapons and fake fantasy blueprint. Like, it's like, just because you can print out a bunch of papers doesn't mean you've done something. Like fucking, we're fucked. Da, da Vinci had blueprints of a helicopter. Does that mean he built one? Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. Um, one more uh, on the while we're on the moon topic because I believe do it. This is George Carlin from the '80s show Reading Caboose. Oh, the Reading Caboose has arrived. I'm Conductor Clark, and I'm Ms. Janice. Hey, who wants to learn about the letter H? I do. I do. Hmm, now what can we do with the letter H? We can hula hoop. Or? Create a massive global hoax. (laughs) What Ernie's referring to is the Apollo 11 moon landing that supposedly Supposedly. took place on July 20th, 1969. (laughs) To quote Neil Armstrong, this is one small step for man... And one giant lie to mankind. Hi, Ticket Taker Sam. Sam's been riding the rails ever since mean old Microsoft stole his formula for Windows 95. Hey, Sam, I hear you've got a story for the kids. I sure do, Miss Janice, and it's a real whiz banger. Once upon a time, there was a president named. Kennedy. I promised to put a man on the moon before the end of the decade. Mr. President, didn't you also promise civil rights? That's another story, Trevor. Now excuse me while I go sleep with Judith Exner. Meanwhile, poor inept NASA couldn't get a rocket into space. So they turned to plan B. I'm LBJ. The end of the decade is here, and there's still no Americans on the moon. Those Ruskies are going to beat us to it. I'll help you, Mr. President. Who the hell are you? I'm Stanley Kubrick, and I'll use the tricks I learned while filming the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey, to fake a moon landing. And we're the Mafia, and we'll fund your scam to build a secret soundstage in Las Vegas. Good. While people think they're in space, we'll keep the astronauts busy with whores and gambling. Then we'll pay them off, or brainwash them, or kill them. Day and. Yay! There you go. There you go. There you go. That's pretty much how it happened, I think, other than the Kubrick part. The Kubrick part, I'm still skeptical of, but uh, no, I don't think we've. I don't think. Alex Jones claim is i guess i'm more on par with what your theory is fletcher that we um we went there and everything we saw was pr for the real secret mission the real secret mission was completely kept under wraps that was going on simultaneously um yep 
I think so. I I think we just uh, could can't make it over there. I mean, like I don't, I think we still can't make it over there. Well, not I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, everything could be a lie. Nothing could be a lie. I don't know. Uh, with the China thing, though, they did land on the far side of the moon. That China. is where they got China. They uh, did land on the far side, and that's where these uh, crystals were found. But the crystals aren't what's important. It's what's inside the crystal. It's helium-3. Oh. Yes, yes. With that's why the, they said that's a power and energy. Yeah, yeah, because it's yeah. not readily available on Earth. Does that make um, your voice three times as higher when you inhale it? Or I what? sure as fuck hope, hope so. What's helium three? Helium three <laughs> makes yeah. your voice sound like this. Whoa, sexy, real sexy. Wow, wow. But um, <laughs> helium three is also a fuel that uh, the Germans want to use for their new fusion uh, plasma reactor, the Windelstein Seven X. Do they really have a plasma reactor? Yeah, yeah, and uh, they've been uh, working on really? it since 1980, and um, <laughs> oh, wow. they went uh, underwent the final assembly uh, with water coolers and all that uh, in August, and um, they plan to turn it on very soon. Is this why they shut sometime down all uh, this year reactors? in the fall? Do what? Is this why they shut down their nuclear reactors? Yeah, the Wendelstein Seven X. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe they need to conserve power. Who knows? Well, my neighbor, my neighbor's I got German. The power! Uh, he still actually has uh, a place in Germany and I had talked to him about this and he says, I don't understand why they, why they're turning this off because I don't understand why they're turning this clean energy off and making the, the prices go up. And like, he's, he's so dumbfounded. He like, it it just doesn't make any sense is what he keeps saying to me. Uh, this makes more sense that there's this plasma reactor that I think they want to have go online. Yeah. And they probably want to make a deal with China to get the, the uh, change of light crystals China? for the, the oh, he- yeah. helium three yeah. that, or they might be worried that imagine? if they have both the, the plasma reactor and the nuclear reactors turned on at the same time, it might send everybody. I'll be back in time. Probably would. Oh yeah. shit. I found my clip hey. on the moon base. Wait, oh, hold sweet. on. Yeah. Okay, Cersei Center. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know if you've, <laughs> if you've thought about this, but all the things that we're talking about today, Go to that Tona BID idea in Kubrick's 2001 to resurrect the dead on planet Jupiter. Oh yeah, I got a I got about a half hour into that that video you sent me. Can you give like a uh, a brief synopsis? So the idea is there's this tile that has been found uh, in Philadelphia, New York, and even in South America that says Tona idea in Kubrick's 2001 resurrect dead on planet Jupiter. And it's this mysterious tile that just shows up in the middle of sidewalks, uh, in the middle of streets and crosswalks. And there's a documentary from 2011 that uh, these guys, which they, they did a pretty good job on the documentary for being super low budget, do a good job of trying to figure out this mystery of uh, who put these down and what, what does it mean? And uh, it comes from... If you want to do any kind of research, it comes from Andrew. Um, I believe it's Andrew Tonaby. Um, I thought you were going to say Tate. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew Tate. Um, actually, I, th- I think I got that wrong. It's not Andrew Tonaby, but it's um, no, Toynbee. Toynbee. Yeah, Toynbee. So you know about this? 
Arnold Toy Toynbee. Arnold. No, I just looked you. at. I just looked yeah, it up. Arnold, Arnold. And actually, he his name pops up. What's interesting is this morning, I was reading through Tragedy and Hope. I don't know if you guys ever read that book by Carol Quigley. Mm-mm. I hope to. Um, he also wrote a book called uh, Anglo-American <laughs> uh, Establishment, uh, in which he talks about a secret society within our government. And this is written in the 1960s, uh, Tragedy and Hope. And he calls it The Network. And he was a historian a professor from Harvard and Georgetown in which Bill Clinton himself uh, credited his entire education, basically of history of American history from this professor that he had in Georgetown. And in this book, tragedy and hope uh, he talks about uh, Arnold Toynbee and in Anglo American uh, establishment, which basically he says that America is not a sovereign country. It's actually still ruled by the crown he goes on and talks about how uh, Arnold Toynbee um, plays a big part in, uh, I guess, this part of this network. And if you look at Toynbee um, House, which is in London, it's a it's a think tank basically for social economic. But Arnold Toynbee had this idea of um, he was kind of a historian and philosopher, and he talks a lot about spirituality and extrasensory perception. And I think his uh, part of it was that uh, kind of separating the spiritual and the physical. And I believed he thought that there could be some resurrection of the dead because we're made of particles, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that's part of this whole thing. And I guess it's, uh, I don't remember this. Where does Jupiter fit in? One again. That's what I was kind of confused about. Is like, what do we respawn on Jupiter? Like a, like beam me up Scotty thing. Like where does Jupiter fit into respawning the dead? And isn't Jupiter a gaseous giant? So how would we? Well, I think, I think the keys in 2001, um, I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. I remember watching it. And now after listening to, um, William Cooper and stuff like that, I want to go watch it again. I have It's good. The first 20 minutes or maybe even more, maybe the first 30, 40 minutes is there's no dialogue. Yeah, but it's Osiris and 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 Isis, so it's actually, you know, if you're if you're in the know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know. I think it has to do with the fact that Jupiter is like the next step of evolution, um, or that there's another. Uh, what do you call them? Some people say obelisks or this as well. Obelisk, monolith. Uh, monolith. Yeah. Yeah, it's a monolith yeah. on Jupiter. So, anyways. So that's so it's them trying to figure out who put these down more than what does it mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, and also, it, isn't it like have, doesn't it have to do with the chosen people going to that planet? I, I didn't get that. F- I, I they don't talk about that, but they do call uh they do call the organization the minority people or the minority organization or something. Well, because like it's Jew has Peter, that something to do. You know, it's Jew Peter. Oh, You're oh, Jewish, right? Jewish hey. rock. <laughs> Hey, wait, hold on. Arnold Toynbee actually did not like Jews. He was oh. against the Jews. So that, You're Jewish, I don't think right? that works. <laughs> well, okay, maybe they're the people not allowed on Jupiter, I guess. I he was know. kind of a Nazi sympathizer, actually. If I, when and I the Jews into, and the Italians the and my kids in their room <laughs> and the Jews who talk to the Italians, the Italians and the Irish and the Jews and the kids. Uh, okay, Alex Sorry. Jones, Moonbase. Here, let me give you some classified stuff. Elon Musk a few months ago had his meeting with a uh, vice president, and they're pitching their secret moon base right now, and they've already got their big 3D printers. They've already boosted into orbit. 
They've already been delivered some of them to the dark side of the moon. Would you like to know the crater number? It's about a half mile right over on the dark side. And they're already setting up this uh, facility with these big 3D printers for the Mars launch. If you even believe any of that. Yeah, Elon. You know, I just really released super classified information about the moon base they're already building. <laughs> uh, we'll see if I'm dead in a week. I really don't care. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a bunch of BSQ crap, folks. You're getting the real thing right here. Because there's always the real McCoy, isn't there? There isn't just a bunch of counterfeits and fakes. There's always the real thing. And everybody knows the real thing when they hear it. Everybody knows the real thing when they see it. Everybody knows the real thing when they feel it. Wow. Moonbase, do you want to know the crater number? I do. He never gave it away. He never uh, released the crater number, though. Hashtag release the crater number. Hashtag release For the real. crater number. Tweet that out right now. I want to know. I want to know. I think these fuckers lie to us all the time. And I and I go back and forth between they, they lie to us because they're selfish assholes or they lie to us because they know that if they told us uh, as a group of human beings, uh, we would fucking destroy this place before it's time. So I go well, back yeah, and forth. Like we wouldn't time. work. We wouldn't pay taxes if we knew that. Yeah, you'd be um, like, why the fuck? Why the fuck would I do that? Yeah, if you knew that. Every 12,000 years, the sun essentially uh, burps out a shell of gas in all directions. Yeah. And uh, everything it touches, it fucks up. Yep. And so then, then there's no point in going to work and, and working for these assholes. Uh, yep. And putting ourselves into debt and stress and all that other bullshit. We would concentrate on doing important things like digging a hole in the side of a mountain. This is so important. We have to do this. <laughs> I, I, you know, to be honest seeking with you, shelter I think, underground. I, think, I don't know what you do for a living. Uh, I know what I do for a living. I repair musical instruments. That's what I do. Actually, that's actually purposeful. What I do, I do parties. Uh, has I really do, no no point. Do kids so, parties and set up no point. Houses it's bound to have some point. I manage properties for a capital investment company. Wow. I don't know if there's much point to that. I think the point to that is you make more money than either of us is probably profitable. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the point to that is you probably make more money than either of us. So that's that's. I mean, I don't know. I I choose uh, I choose time over money. So I don't. I mean, I don't even work full time because I don't. Uh, I don't actually have to work. Uh, so I I just do it because I I don't I don't like being idle. Ticking so, away the moments that make up your mom's gay. Wait, and I like to learn new things, and so I do that kind of stuff. But anyways, the, the point is, is that uh, life is, the meaning of life is not in work, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's not in work. I don't think yeah, it's no, in work. Yeah, I agree. I'm still upset that I can't remember why I brought up Alex's worth at the top of the show because it felt like God. I thought so for sure you that would pop into your brain it by still now. Still hasn't. It's been but it's been itching the back of my skull the whole time, but I can't figure out. I'd have to go back and listen to it, and then I'd be like, "Oh, that's the connection." And is there no one in chat or anyone that can help us with this? I mean, I it was like right at the top of the show. Probably <laughs> as soon as we wrap, I'm gonna rewind and be like, "Oh, that's what it was." I did see that someone, um, I think at NASA was saying we should actually send a crewed like you know with a, a mission with a crew a, a crewed mission to uh venus instead C -R -E -W -E -D of c-r-e-w-e-d or c-r-u-d yeah 
No, C R E W E D. Okay. So, so yeah. this Friday <laughs> is Tesla AI Day, in which his uh, Optimus Prime. is supposed to be, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be revealed and working. Last year it was a guy huh. in a Lycra suit, and this year it's supposed to be the actual AI. He's like five foot eight, one hundred fifty pound AI robot, and uh, I think this is what he's going to be sending into these places, uh, quote unquote, into these places. I've always been more fascinated by Venus, anyways, because there's there's a history between Venus and Vulcan and uh, a, a planet that's hiding behind Venus, so to speak. So, well, and the fact that it doesn't belong here, yeah, it it rotates backward from everything else. Yeah, and it might hold more ancient uh, solar system information than the Earth or even Mars, yeah, and for that matter. It yeah. is closer to the sun, but that still doesn't explain why it's covered in uh, the thick acidic clouds that it is. Yeah. Um, that doesn't explain why it spins backward and slowly. Yeah. Yeah, so. um, yeah, yeah. A year on Venus is actually shorter than a day on Venus. If you get technical with what makes a day, you know, one complete yeah. rotation of the planet. So, yeah, it takes longer for it to rotate than it does to revolve around the sun. Why is that? And who knows? Who knows? But in a in an equilibrium-type system that they say our solar system is, then things uh, orient themselves to each other. You know, how how they say that Jupiter keeps a lot of the, the things from the outer uh, solar system from coming into the inner solar system by mm-hmm. by gravitationally slingshotting them outward or sucking them in. Well, because of that huge gravitational influence, everything, including Venus, should all orbit around the sun in relatively the same way. But they don't, mm-hmm. you know. Um, no, they're like uh, not every uh, not every planet has a, a dipolar magnetic field like the Earth does like Jupiter does. Uh, Mars, its magnetic field seems to come from what little there is, come from closer to the surface than deep inside. (laughs) Uh, Fucking uh, um, Uranus. (laughs) Even though its rotation, its poles are on its side. It's basically on its side. But its its magnetic poles aren't where its uh, rotational poles are. They're east and west poles, which is really strange for a magnet. So what's up with that? Yeah. It's almost like uh, the solar system captures planets, maybe. What's up with that? There's also the theory that the sun spits out planets. Because when we we observe stars outside the solar system, uh, you're probably aware of the term supernova, where the... They, they think that a star explodes and kills itself mm-hmm. uh, and sheds all its gas. Well, now that we've been looking at these things for a uh, many number of years, we find out that that's really rare for it to completely destroy itself. They, they often just shed a shell of gas, but the star itself is still there. And the shell of gas isn't homogenous. It's, um, it's in lumps. And oftentimes, even though it starts out as gas and plasma, there are solid projectiles that come out of these stars. And oftentimes they're the size and mass of planets. They don't really like talking about that because of the Actually implications. 
Yeah, I haven't heard that at all. Because of the implication. Well, the implication that our son might burp out a fucking new planet. Yeah. yeah. The and then what? What? <laughs> the implications, I say. The uh, <laughs> She won't say but no. But what if that's true? And what if it's all like, and it's all electrically charged because of it, yep. it comes out of a fucking plasma magnet. And then, then there has to be an equilibrium. The, so, the, the equation always has to, you know, neutralize itself, come solve itself. So, so if the it solar is charged, that is, plasma has to discharge somewhere. So planets are babies. The solar system's mom and the sun is the pussy. No, the, the mom is the sun is the mom and the dad at the same time. It's a hermaphrodite. Oh God. Like Asexual yeah. reproduction. Yeah. Why? Cause fuck them. That's why. <laughs> I feel itself. like I went to I, I feel like I went to middle school with Sir Seat Sitter. I had a friend <laughs> in middle school. We were talking about in biology class uh flowers and uh yeah. in particular apple trees. <laughs> and when the teacher said how how the pollination works, the kid actually said, So the so the flower's like a pussy? That's <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Yes. I mean, he just, there's no filter whatsoever. And the teacher just kind of looked at him and just went on. But of course, all of us were like, dude, that was good. Good times. That sounds about right. Pussy yeah. guys. That sounds about, pussy guys. sounds about right. Oh, what else? What else? Uh, I, we got kind of off track with moon stuff, but is there anything else on the, the polar shift or the uh, anything else we need to do before we call tonight? Because I know Nick the Rat's uh, live now, I believe. Well, with like the, the polar shift, some people think that it, it won't affect anything, you know, it'll just flip and then we might have to, uh, you know, with a, with a Sharpie, you know, write an N over the S on our compass and everything will be right as rain. <laughs> the polar express, um, it'll, it'll have to make a po another polar express movie. What else would happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, and then there's the logical Hanks way again. of looking at it yeah. where the sun, it, its poles flip every 11 years and in the in the time coming up to the sun's polar flip it's not just a it happens immediately no it happens throughout that 11 year cycle and it just gets worse and worse that's why we have sunspots that's the magnetic field like peeking out through the surface of the sun that we see and it gets worse and worse and then flip and then the sun goes back to not having any sunspots. And then as the 11 years progress, you get more and more sunspots and then flip. Oh, and then I hit my microphone cable. Push me up. <laughs> and more than likely that'll happen with the earth. As it gets closer and closer to the time it flips, we start seeing these magnetic anomalies pop up. Give like, me more twisting. <laughs> You're twisting that magnetic field. It's real. Super male vitality is the only thing that can fix the planet uh what so what yeah exactly exactly everybody knows that that any, i mean uh so what what's your i know since there's seems to be no specific consensus scientifically on what would happen if there was an immediate reversal of the poles there does seem to be a scientific consensus that we are long overdue for one similar to how we're long overdue for an ice age yeah if, and if it, it wouldn't be immediate it would be these these anomalies popping up with a weakened field so you would get more energy mainly from the sun coming in at the poles mostly the north pole 
because like a like a magnet, you know, with the north and south pole, there's a positive and a negative. So energy comes in one side and out the other side. Yeah. And um, so you would see the energy coming into the North Pole and you would see the uh, the Aurora in places you normally don't see it in more southern latitudes. Um, and then the the other cosmic rays, as they call them, from outside the solar system coming in as well. And uh, it'll probably mess all sorts of things up, just like the, the South Atlantic anom- anomaly messes up uh, satellites. We'll start seeing more and more stuff like that on the closer to the ground. And so you think as it would it just mess up electronics? It wouldn't cause any kind of like crazy environmental disasters or. Well, that's that also depends. Like, if you've ever, if you remember from like elementary school or middle school uh, science class, when it, they, you know, they show the the Earth with like a wedge cut out of it, so you can see inside the Earth. Everything yeah. is everything's even. You got the the shell, the crust, and then you have yeah, the mantle and all that. It's all even in this diagram, but oh it's not God, it's even. All a lie. It's not even uh, in real life. There's uh, there's clumps and globs and everything. And exactly. These, and nobody's uh, been to the center of the earth. Why do they just like? I had this conversation. Nobody except for fucking Baron Trump. Baron Trump <laughs> went to the hollow earth. And Jules Verne. And that guy Ingersoll uh, Ingersoll Jules Lockwood Verne. wrote books about it. <laughs> It's just, that it's just horseshit because it's like, very interesting. I, it's just horseshit. Like, they're like, oh yeah, the center of the earth's like a big glob of lava. It's like, well, has anybody ever seen it? No, but we know because of how the magnetic field is or whatever, like the way that like things react on the surface, we know that it's molten lava in the center, the core. It's like, well, well part of it is bullshit. It. Part of it's bullshit it. and part of it's factual. You don't need to see it. You no, know, we do have earthquakes and things. We can see how these seismic waves bounce off structures inside the earth okay but that's okay. how if i if i smack the desk right now i'm not going to do it because it'd make a loud noise but if i smack the desk that would be the equivalent of an earthquake on the desk yeah it would shake things something might fall over mm-hmm. does that mean that because the desk shook that there's a ball of lava underneath this desk here or no but if you had the right earthquake? no if you had the right equipment though you could measure that that pounding on your desk. You could measure it reflecting off of other things, either inside or on top of your desk, like uh, Daredevil, that fucking terrible Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> yeah, I've never. But it's that. the same principle because, um, like, if you've seen ripples in a lake. By the way, know, it's kind of redundant the... to say terrible Ben Affleck movie. True. Okay, so just that Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner movie. Yeah, that should sum it up right there. Electra. Uh, yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I wish I could erase that. Of, like earthquake, take me now. Is take it that movie to the depths Woman? of the earth. It is coming. I never even saw Catwoman. Oh, Halle Berry. No, Sir oh, West man. sent me like a great recap of that movie, and it made me very glad that I'd never watched that movie. But it was hilarious. Yeah, I've seen things about it. I'm I'm glad too. But no, you can see how Halle how Berry, waves uh, ripple off of things. They they reflect back, and and so based sure, on that, you can like see a, where that's how an X ray works, well, or or a um huge sonogram, sonogram. Yeah, and X-ray. with our with our seismographs, we can measure the amplitude of the wave from its source. And then with other seismographs, we measure the amplitude of the wave when we receive it. And then you can pretty much guess 
you know, how much of that signal was lost due to reflection off of things it encountered on its way to whichever seismograph. But we've got a lot of them, so we can build a picture based on that. But what they, what a lot of them still perpetuate is the smoothness and the even, evenness of uh, the mantle and, and the outer core and all that. When it's not, they know for a fact that it's not. But because of that uneven structure inside the earth, like, yeah, something could happen to break that structure loose. Einstein talked about that even. He just mm-hmm. couldn't figure out how it would work, like where the, where the energy input would come from in order to separate the crust from the mantle. Uh, now, now, there is like the theory that since it is a magnet orbiting another giant magnet, that if there is a problem uh, where our magnetic field shuts down even briefly, that that might have a problem, like might cause a problem with the rotation of the Earth. Because thanks to all these nifty satellites, we do know that when we get hit with energy from the sun, either a a solar flare or a coronal mass ejection, it makes the day shorter, meaning it slows down the rotation ever so slightly by milliseconds, fractions of a millisecond. But what if we got something huge? Would it make the Earth, like, stop for a second, stop for a day? Like some of these ancient stories go where could you imagine? E- well, ancient Egypt, the Sumerians, the Chinese, a lot of them have stories about the earth standing still, about the China? sun. China? Just the, the sun standing still for a day. But what would that cause? Uh, if you've ever, um, you know, encountered well, first, how liquids work the first thing without baffles, sunburns, sunburns. Uh, giant tidal waves because the earth might stop rotating but it's going to take a little while longer for the ocean to stop rotating. oh, oh so kind of like when you uh oh, when you I slam on the brakes saying. in a car and somebody yeah and and like everybody gets thrown forward so the water would do the same thing because the earth is yeah rotating yeah my like granddad used to drive uh milk trucks it's a thousand miles an hour that we're okay. rotating that's what they say and so just imagine the ocean moving at a thousand miles an hour yeah and just yeah. suddenly yeah yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And th- but Ooh, wouldn't but, it, if that happened to the ocean, wouldn't that also happen to the people on the earth if we just stopped yeah. on a dime? <laughs> like, ah, all of a sudden, ah, everybody just flies, slams into a wall. Oh God! But yeah, like you know, they don't put baffles in milk trucks because they don't want to churn it into butter as they're driving it. And my Back granddad used to drive them, and he almost died uh, turning over his milk truck. A car pulled out in front of him. He had to make a sharp turn and just flip the thing over <laughs> exactly because the milk the truck might turn but the milk doesn't it wants to keep <laughs> going a different way uh, just like well, the ocean and so all, like all the that could TikTok that could right maybe now. happen if the if the poles flip because mm-hmm. it's not going to be a sudden flip it's going to be gradual to where yeah. the magnetic field is weak for a while i don't think they and like then, being called poles anymore i think they prefer pollocks Oh, good point. Dang, I'm such a bigot. We should ask uh, a comic, comic strip book. blogger. Yeah, comic comic book drawer. Comic book drawer. Drawerer. My name is cup. Simon, and I like to do drawings. Because the from? time is coming. It's like Frank Zappa said: "The ocean is the ultimate solution." The final solution. It's that too. And it's like, um, it's like uh, that guy said. In middle school, it's not about the 
size of the ship, it's about the motion of the ocean. <laughs> oh, I thought it was flowers or pussies. That too. Bees or peepees. <laughs> Long story short, the sun's going to explode. It's going to fuck up our magnetic field. Um, send a bunch of uh, plasma lightning bolts uh, the size of F5 tornadoes uh, to the surface of the planet and spit out a new planet in the process and we're all fucked. So let me ask you then, it's a good question here. Okay. How do you want to find yourself on that day? Preferably. Sunny. Go ahead. Well, this, the area I'm in is mm -hmm. uh, full of natural resources, um, but it is lacking caves, unfortunately. Uh, so hopefully. No, no caves in Texas? That's weird. Not not in northeast Texas where I'm at. Oh, okay. They're here, but it's they're few, few and far between because uh, there's a a very thick layer of clay uh, mm. on top of the bedrock, and the bedrock's like way down there, 300 feet or more, and um, so this clay's in constant motion. The water table's really high, so we don't have basements, and any caves, if they are around, are flooded. So hopefully the ocean, uh, the Gulf of Mexico doesn't come this way if the earth stops, you know, yep. which are you, are you having any problems with the hurricane right now? No, mm -mm. Yeah, that's totally missing you, right? Yeah. Yeah. that's over, over by Florida. Um, yeah. every now and then a hurricane will, will go due West and then hang a right and come North. Um, mm -hmm. but I think that doesn't happen very often. Rita, it happened with Rita and I think mm. Ike, however many years ago. That's There's always fun because be you can smell the ocean uh, from this area, and it brings seagulls with it. Oh yeah, because seagulls are dumb. Birds aren't real. Yeah. It, Birds it's... aren't real. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they're not real in the same. They're real as in like you know, same way Alexa is a person. Well, five a.m. I hear seagulls constantly, so they're everywhere and they're stupid. I hate them. Fucking rat bastards. And my grandpa Robot said when he bastards. when he dies, he'll come back as a seagull and shit on all of us. <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> yeah. We all fucked. Fuck, 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 fuck. I think we did it. Is there anything yeah, else? We did. Because I know we're bleeding into Nick the Rat's time, and I got like a whole thing I gotta do. Reporting to murder on yeah. abs, six abs, and a, and a pack. Would a bad set of boobs on a nice girl be fine, or would a bad set of butt on a nice girl be be fine? Yeah, that's the air horn from her butt. <laughs> Correct. Ooh, that was a good one. Uh, well, <laughs> that sounded live. <laughs> it could have been. Wow. Uh. Well, unless there's, any, I think, I think we need to re revisit this, and especially when I have a day that I would uh, love to revisit this. When I yeah. have a day that I can actually, um, I, I would have done a little bit more prep work, but uh, today was Skid Mark Junior, aka Sir Seatsitter Junior's birthday, so I was, I was uh, doing that up until right before showtime. But and my computer ate my clips. I that bugs the shit out of me that I don't know where they went. That's okay. <laughs> Do you have a Windows computer? Oh, I do have I, one. I do. I do have one less. Bill thought. Gates took it. Oh, That's why. Yeah. Bill Gates loves you. Um, he he didn't want the truth to get out. You know. He didn't. I have. 
I have another thought on the moon landing since we did sidetrack tension into that. The re- one of the main reasons I believe that it's completely fake that we didn't or not. Sorry. I mean, I think it's very obvious that the, what we saw was fake, but one of the reasons I think we didn't go is Gus Grisham and his two, the, the original three guys that were supposed to be the first people to walk on the moon, getting murdered by NASA and the CIA, I think is a pretty clear indicator because Gus Grisham was literally famously hung a lemon on the outside of the lander and said, there's no way the technology is not ready. They're never going to make it. And then he dies in a fire when they get locked in a con- cockpit on you know, a test exercise where they weren't even launching. I have two. never heard that one. You don't know about Gus Grisham? Huh. No, I know that he burned in Apollo one, two, something yeah. like that, whatever in, in the testing even of it. But I've never heard that the reason why here's the original news report. <laughs> Sounds like Looney Tunes. Apollo astronauts Roger Chaffee, Edward White, and Gus Grissom lose their lives in a tragic flash fire aboard their grounded space capsule. The tragedy occurred during a simulated countdown for the first flight of the Apollo program, whose goal is to put a man on the moon by 1970. Grissom and White were veterans of space flight, Chaffee a rookie. During a drill similar to this, the entire three-man crew was engulfed by flames. A blue ribbon panel of space experts is investigating, aided by impounded NASA films and tape recordings. Grissom was one of the seven original astronauts. White was America's first spacewalker. Chaffee, never in space, had long experience as a jet test pilot. He was proud and happy that his first flight was to initiate the Apollo program. When the tragedy struck, one of the astronauts shouted, fire in the spacecraft. In a few seconds, all three were victims of the swift inferno which left the capsule a blackened shell. One reporter said it looked like the inside of a furnace. Investigators theorized that perhaps a short circuit or electrical overload may have sparked the blaze. 27 would-be rescuers were all overcome by smoke and heat. Astronauts Chaffee, White, and Grissom, martyred heroes who gave their lives in total dedication to duty. Their memory will forever be honored. Man, news reports used to be like so. <laughs> That's exactly what that was. Uh, news was reports used like... to have like a so full-on orchestra, dude. Uh, yeah. Virgil Gus Grissom was selected as one of the original seven astronauts. A family man and a veteran of several space flights, he was a national hero and was likely to be the first man to walk on the moon. But Grissom was also an outspoken critic of the space program and was quoted as saying, someone's going to get killed. Unfortunately, Grissom's worst fears were soon realized. On January 27, 1967, (laughs) two years before the first moon landing, Grissom and his crew boarded the Apollo 1 capsule for a full-scale simulation. The problems began almost immediately. First, the capsule's communication systems failed. If you're going to take somebody out, uh, the first thing you do is you shut down communicate. You shut down the comms. It's, mm-hmm. it's like in yeah. DC. You don't want them to say anything. Yeah. You don't want anybody yeah. to know what's it's going on. Fire. Yeah, and the, like the same thing with the Kennedy assassination. 
the entire telephone system in all of Washington, D.C. was out for a solid hour and a half while the assassination took place. You don't want anybody... How about January 6th? Did they ever find the guy who took out a bunch of towers in D.C.? That's the a good point. The bombing in D.C. on January 6th? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you want to try the phone? Yeah, I'll get the money. Suddenly, the capsule burst into flames with the astronauts sealed inside. Even Gus Grisham's family suspects that the government killed him. Tragically, Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee lost their lives before ever leaving the launch pad. I love lighting stuff on fire. Gus Grissom's family believes the Apollo 1 fire was no accident. I think it was intentionally sabotaged by someone. It's been a question in my mind, what was found in the accident investigation and how was that handled? Was the CIA involved or whoever? But it was done intentionally. Grissom's family doesn't know who was responsible for his death or why it happened. But they say NASA knows the truth. Gus gave his life for this program, and I feel like that it is up to NASA to come forward and give us a direct answer to what really happened. Were Gus Grissom and the Apollo 1 astronauts victims of a tragic accident, or were they intentionally silenced because they knew too much? We may never know. The cause of the fire is still a mystery, and the capsule remains locked away at a military base. But Grissom wasn't the only Apollo critic to meet with a suspicious and untimely death. Thomas Ronald Barron was a safety inspector during Apollo 1's construction. After the fire, Barron testified before Congress that the Apollo program was in such disarray that the United States would never make it to the moon. He claimed his opinions made him a target. Has there been any pressure on you by NASA? Uh, nothing. We were, uh, my wife and I were somewhat harassed at home when the first thing broke some time back. But uh, it's, it's going away now. As part of his testimony, Barron submitted a 500-page report detailing his findings. There was real fear that the program could be stopped dead in his tracks. Then exactly one week after he testified, Barron's car was struck by a train. Barron his wife and stepdaughter were killed instantly. I believe that Thomas Ronald Barron was murdered because he had the truth to tell about the Apollo project. Barron's report mysteriously disappeared, and to this day, it has never been found. We would put out that fire in a half an hour. <laughs> There you go. Though. I don't know, man. I think I think that Gus Grisham is like one of the biggest red flags to say that like they just didn't have the technology to get to the moon and they still don't. And that's why no human is the moon's 240,000 miles away or something like that. And no human since the moon missions has been more than 300 miles from the Earth's surface from any country. Yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't yeah. track. Something doesn't track. It is. There. It's like a quarter of a million miles away. No, uh, here's a recording of NASA right before all that happened. I think we should set this thing on fire and run. <laughs> and the real reason he didn't want to go to the moon on the moon nerds get their pants pulled down and they are spanked with moon rocks 
Uh, I wouldn't want to go either. Is that, is that Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Yeah, it's the Moon Knights. The Moon Spreading Knights. truth. Well, let's close it out in true Aqua Teen Hunger Force fashion, shall we? The Moonies. <laughs> oh, God. Well, dummies, you just wasted another amount of your non-precious time listening to abs in a six-pack. When are you going to stop? You know, there's very few of you. If, you, if this is like a hands-on-a-hard-body thing of trying to figure out who will be the last person actually actually listen to this show, it's a lose-lose proposition. By the way, he asked me to do this, the head moron who makes the show. <laughs> ha! The secret is, I think he's the biggest moron of all. It would indicate that you're a bigger moron for listening to his show. However, I think somehow that's not true. He actually is a bigger moron than the rest of you. Anyway... Go outside, read a book, ride a bike, take a walk, go walk a dog, go kiss somebody. Whatever there is, I can think of one million things to do better than listen to this dumb, crummy show. Abs in a six-pack. Well, I bet for most of you, you're half right. (laughs) This is Master Shake. Do something with your lives. Why is this guy still on? Oh, abs in a six-pack. Abs in a six-pack! I love you, Chris. Give me more twisting! Twist me up! Give me more twisting! Oh! Abs in a six-pack. This was episode 169 with Sir Wes of Beer Berman and Balderdash. I love you, Chris. I love you, Sir Wes. I love you, Chris. It's been... It's been Sir Wes of Beer Bourbon and Balderdash. Linked in the will be linked in the show notes as always. And John Fletcher of the Hog Story. You know him. You love him. You want him for Christmas. I do. I, love I do too. Fletcher. Thank you guys. I, I hope we can. I hope we can do this again. And next time, I uh, I will be more prepared. I uh, yes. Today I had an excuse because it's the kid's birth. It's the kid's first birthday. You can't. You know. It's like yay the first one. Well, yeah. No, it was great. It was a good time. Um. Yeah. Bullshit, 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 so why don't you make like a tree bullshit, bullshit, and get out of here? Wow.